And uh, we go to this week's Nature File with Anya Murray. Willow. April is an in-between month. Spring has been here a while. Yet trees are only just beginning to bud. Butterflies and bumblebees are taking flight, searching for nectar to drink. Wild birds and mammals are busy with the tasks of springtime, preparing for the arrival of the next generation. We mark this time with Easter celebrations and Easter eggs. Eggs being an obvious and ancient symbol of new life and rebirth. Plants are also beginning the annual cycle of growth and reproduction. And for a willow tree, it starts with the task of distributing pollen. Pollen is made on the catkins, those delicately beautiful clusters that dangle and erupt along the branches like furry little kitten paws. Willow trees have separate male and female individuals. The male tree makes catkins that have both nectar and pollen. The female trees make only nectar, but more of it. When the flowers of the male willow catkins are ready, their tiny yellow pollen grains crowd the spreading stamens, casting the whole catkin in yellow powder. Now is a perfect time for the willow to send its pollen off to find a female tree, because in a few more weeks there'll be a luscious growth of green leaves that the pollen would only get tangled up in. Releasing the pollen now means there's a free path for effective dispersal and a better chance of finding an unrelated counterpart with which to mix its genes. And this early production of catkins is what makes the willow tree such a welcome food for early emerging insects. Spring is perfectly synchronised. The bees need the trees as much as the trees need the bees. Willow nectar is one of the main food sources for early emerging insects. In fact, willow produce more nectar per square metre than almost any other native plant, with a mature willow tree bearing several thousand catkins. And each of these little catkins has hundreds of tiny flowers. And each of these tiny flowers offers up a few glistening droplets of nectar. And it's not just the nectar that sustains so much life. Willows are home to a whole pile of wild creatures from aphids and ants to caterpillars and moths, each occupying their own special niche within the world of the willow tree, and each in turn sustaining an assortment of insect-eating birds, who at this time of year need plenty of protein to feed and fledge a new brood of chicks. And so it is that the synchronous support of harmony ripples up through the food chain. Willow is not especially mighty or revered, its flowering catkins are the kind of thing we walk past without hardly noticing. And yet our willow trees are one of the most generous providers of nectar of all our native plants. Blue tits, a clever and innovative little bird, have learned to skip a layer of the food chain when it suits them to do so. Scientists studying how bumblebees feed on the willow catkins were surprised to find blue tits eating nectar directly from catkins too. Birds feeding on nectar is normally something that happens in the tropics, not in rainy old Ireland. But our clever blue tits have come to the same conclusion as their tropical counterparts, that nectar is not just for the bees. Willow has other offerings too. It has long been known as a remedy for fever, aches and pains. 
its medicinal properties were documented by Hippocrates in ancient Greece and carried through modern medicine too, as the anti-inflammatory compound found in willow, siliceous acid, was synthetically reproduced as aspirin. Another valuable quality of willow is how it grows so quickly. Our earliest ancestors made great use of willow in making baskets, and baskets are among the earliest human artefacts, perfect for carrying and storing all sorts of things. Split willow is pliable and doesn't snap when woven around corners, so it can be woven and shaped in wonderful ways. Both grey willows and goat willows are known as pussy willows, probably on account of the catkin's appearance, its kitten-like soft grey fur. But a more common name again is Siloch. Siloch Vaughan and Silog, Siloch Leach and Siloch Risk, what we've simply come to call Sally. In olden days, many homes would have had a plot for the Sally Gardens, a homegrown resource for basket making. W.B. Yeats's wonderful poem, Down by the Sally Gardens, is likely set among the willow beds of a basket weaver, where the wise advice of taking life and love easy were ignored. Now, with the rush to make everything in plastic, Sally Gardens are no more. At least the willow is still plentiful. And who knows, perhaps we will once again turn to the wonder of willow for our material needs. But for now, in lieu of cultivating willow, we can cultivate a little gratitude for the many synchronised delights of spring and the oh-so-generous nature of this common native tree. <laughs>